Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Falato on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host, Nicholas Falato, and it's a busy week of the NFL. We have been covering all the releases, all the movement over there at Big Blue View. Please check that out if you have not already. And I've gone on the Chris and Joe show and gave a lot of my opinions on some of the Giants roster moves. I love the fact the Giants addressed the offensive line, realized that they had an issue, and then went and pursued both Billy Price and Ben Bredesen. Ben Bredesen will be under contract for several more seasons. I think that's a very, very wise move by the New York Giants and a necessary one. I think each of these players may have a significant role in 2021, even if everybody is healthy. We know Joe Judge likes to platoon the offensive line. That's all well and good. And we also know that Shane Lemieux struggled mightily last year in pass protection. Right now, he's dealing with a partially torn patellar tendon. I have no clue how he's going to attempt to play through that, but it seems like he is. So good on the Giants to actually try to fix this situation. I would say bad on the Giants that they were in this situation to begin with. I know that Zach Fulton retired. I know that Joe Looney retired, but it seemed like they had a ton of coaching hubris as I have kind of coined it throughout the entire offseason. The fact that they thought that they were really comfortable with their guys, they were really comfortable with the depth, and then it all just kind of fell apart in preseason with guys like Kenny Wiggins significantly struggling. And then you also think about the tackles and how poor they looked against the Patriots. And that's a whole nother issue because you have Andrew Thomas, Matt Pear, and Nate Solder. Those are your three tackles right there. They did not address the back end of the tackle position. They had a lot of confidence in Nate Solder. They had a lot of confidence in all these young players. Let's hope they can come together and form a solid offensive line, a a 15th ranked offensive line. Anything's better than the 32nd ranked offensive line. So we'll be talking a lot about the Giants offensive line, but this episode isn't going to be focused on Andrew Thomas's struggles or some back depth pieces that the Giants were able to acquire via trade, but I'll just be talking about some of the bigger storylines going on around the National Football League. Before I get to that, I also want to talk about the Giants practice squad. I do love the fact that they added Matt Skura. I love the fact that they went out and pursued some of these, I guess you could say, I don't want to say higher profile type of free agents, but guys, like Ryan Izzo, who won a Super Bowl with Joe Judge up in New England. I thought that was a really smart investment to bring him onto the practice squad. We know the Giants and Jason Garrett love to run 12 and 13 personnel packages. And guess what? You look at the Giants' tight end depth right now. You have Kyle Rudolph, who just came off the pup. How up the speed is he? Evan Ingram dinged up his calf. Is he going to be ready for week one? And then you have Caden Smith. You lost Levine Toilolo. You lost Cole Hikatini. You lost Rice and John. It's a kind of a concerning position group for a team that likes to run heavier personnel packages. So it's good that they have guys like Jake Hausman, Chris Myrick, who they also signed at their practice squad from the Miami Dolphins, and Ryan Izzo. I like how they pursued players like that. Matt Skura, another veteran offensive lineman. You can bring him in another addition that I appreciate. Let's get into some of the happenings around the National Football League. Let's just start by saying, hey, Thursday, that's opening night, baby. Thursday. We're one week away, ladies and gentlemen. This 2021 NFL season is just around the corner. We're going to be here providing all the content on the New York Giants, some on fantasy football we'll definitely be talking about, and around the NFL abroad. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And in this game, we have the Dallas Cowboys opening the season against the Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Head coach of the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, 
He ushered a bunch of praise on Tom Brady earlier this week, stating that the 44-year-old's longevity in this league may be even more impressive than the seven Super Bowl titles, which isn't crazy when you think about it. Quote, this is Mike McCarthy, Well, I think, like anything, a lot of things about this game, but longevity, it's difficult to win a championship in this league. It's so difficult to win a Super Bowl, and the fact that he's won seven is just unbelievable. But I think my personal belief, the biggest challenge in this league, is to have continued success. To have success and to play at that level for such a long period of time, to me, I think that's tremendous quality. And he's living it, and he eats it every day. You can see just the way he goes about it from what you know, from what you hear about, not only his approach and where he is today, but to be able to do it at such a high level for such a long time, that's what I'm impressed with. That's Coach Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, talking about Tom Brady, and he makes a lot of points, man. I mean, think about it. Tom Brady is almost 50 years old. This guy is 44 years old. In six years, he's going to be 50. He's coming off of a Super Bowl victory, and the team, led by Jason Light, their general manager, was able to retain Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, Antonio Brown, Levante David, Leonard Fournette, and Rob Gronkowski, and Damakon Sue. That's insane right there. Rob Gronkowski is also reporting that he's feeling a lot better heading into 2021. He seems to be in a much better place down here in Tampa. This team, the Buccaneers, could easily repeat. And there's so many things that can happen through an NFL season. I'm just saying, as currently constructed, they are an excellent roster on the offense. They have a very, very strong offensive line. One of the best right tackles in the league in Tristan Wirfs. Big sigh, big sigh. But yes, they do have one of the best right tackles in the league, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Bruce Arians is a really, really solid coach. They have skilled position players all over the place. At tight end, they have three very capable tight ends with O.J. Howard, Cameron Breit, and Rob Gronkowski. O.J. Howard coming back from that Achilles injury. You have that trio of receivers with Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. And then you have role players like Scotty Miller. And then your running backs are Leonard Fournette, who balled out last year, Ronald Jones the third, and now you bring in Giovanni Bernard to be a really legit third down back because for whatever reason, Leonard Fournette was one of the most inefficient third down backs we saw when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2019 operating in that role. And then we I don't know what's up with Ronald Jones the third. He just always drops the football. It's maddening. It's very, very frustrating. But you have Giovanni Bernard. We know Tom Brady has used that type of running back so much throughout his career. Obviously, James White comes to mind, but you can go back to Shane Vereen, who Giants fans know pretty well. Kevin Falk, if you want to go back to the early days of Tom Brady. We remember these types of players who were pass-catching backs and how they have bailed Brady out in so many different situations and how he's done an excellent job finding them when they're open in a timely manner. I think Giovanni Bernard is going to be excellent in that role. And I also think Tom Brady is going to really be able to Find a way to carve this defense up. Now, I'll say this about the Dallas Cowboys defense. Mike Nolan is no longer there. Mike Nolan, the defensive coach who is best buddies with Mike McCarthy, had a defense in 2020 that ranked 22nd in yards allowed, 28th in points allowed, and also ranked 28th in third down conversions per game. Defense couldn't get off the field. They couldn't execute run fits to save their life. Their gap integrity was a mess. You could just run on them all day and they actually had solid players I think the defensive line could have been a little bit stronger specifically at the defensive tackle position but it was just a mess from a coaching standpoint you knew Mike Nolan was going to be the fall guy he was 
And then McCarthy was able to bring in Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn is a very, very talented coach. He's only a few years removed from leading the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl, where they lost a 28-3 game to Tom Brady. So you know there's some sort Dan, Dan Quinn probably has nightmares about Tom Brady, if we're going to be honest. Dan Quinn, also from Morristown, New Jersey. Shout out to Morristown, New Jersey. But he's a very well-respected coach. Comes from the Seattle Seahawks tree. A lot of cover three type of defenses, a lot of zone defense. Now we know that Dan Quinn, when he was the coach of the Falcons, got to play the Buccaneers twice last year. Both were losses for the Falcons, but the Buccaneers were a much better team. But in those games against those defenses, Brady threw for 789 yards, six touchdowns, and one interception in those games. Now that's that's pretty solid stats right there, but I'm willing to say the Cowboys defense may be better personnel-wise and I know their defense isn't great, but I think they're better personnel-wise than the Falcons were last year, especially when you think about the fact that they got Micah Parsons to kind of lead that defense. They still have Leighton Van Der Esch. They still have Jalen Smith. They still have Demarcus Lawrence. I think Trevon Diggs is probably going to take another step forward in his development entering year two. But even with all that said, I think Brady can carve this defense up, which it's, it's not going to look great for the Dallas Cowboys, which I'm sure a lot of Giant fans are uh, looking forward to. But I think Dan Quinn is going to be good for this defense throughout the season. I think he's going to bring a lot to this defense and help stabilize it, and it won't be as much of a mockery as it was last year. All right, before we get into some more news, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Plenty of known NFL names were released during that final round of cuts where teams had to get down from 80 men to 53, but none was more surprising than Cam Newton. Cam Newton, the ostensible starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, he started against the Giants in the third preseason game, was released by the team, and this is just a clear case of Mac Jones seizing an opportunity that was ahead of him when Cam Newton was forced to missed some practice time due to a miscommunication that led him onto the COVID-19 list. Mac Jones stepped up, played well in each preseason game that he saw, which was all three, and then that Wednesday practice against the Giants where he reportedly carved up the Giants secondary. Now, the Thursday practice wasn't as good for him, but he still has shown a lot of command in the offense, and Josh McDaniels felt comfortable enough to let Cam Newton go and give the full reins to Mac Jones. Now it's Mac Jones's job for the foreseeable future. Good on the young rookie out of Alabama, the first round pick, the fifth of the five big quarterbacks to be selected. And now we'll get to see. We'll get to see. I remember people making incredibly outrageous comparisons to Mac Jones and Tom Brady, and now he lands in the same spot. Now, that was an outrageous comparison. I remember that was during the Senior Bowl week where everything is basically very hyperbolic, but I'm still excited to see what the young slinger can do. I think he has some solid weapons, a lot better weapons than the Patriots had last year. I know you have Jacoby Myers coming back, but I think Nelson Aguilar is going to be a really good Z receiver in that offense. I think both tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, will have a role. I think Jacoby Myers is actually primed to kind of have a breakout season this year and there's a lot of positive reports coming out about Jacoby Myers but I think he's a good player I think Kendrick Bourne will be a good third receiving type of option as well so I think the Patriots could be a much better team than they were last year but I still think this is Buffalo's division up there in the AFC East I'm wondering if Cam Newton is going to be able to be signed 
once injuries start happening around the league, if he'll get another opportunity in 2021, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Other than that, there were a lot of other players that were released. Some are going to get picked up. Some were already claimed onto practice squads because now, ever since last season, you can keep up to six veteran contracts on your practice squad so you can have some guys in their 30s on the practice squad that's going to allow these teams to be more flexible if COVID does get into the locker room and hurt some of these rosters but we had some trades as well two in particular that I wanted to go over there were several that we went over last week this week we had Akello Witherspoon former third round pick of the San Francisco 49ers being traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's interesting because Witherspoon just signed with Seattle this offseason. And this trade cost the Pittsburgh Steelers a 2023 fifth round pick. And it's obvious the Steelers were not comfortable with their cornerback depth. I feel like they haven't been comfortable with their cornerback and just their secondary depth for so long. It seems like every year they invest a high pick into their secondary. And it's not because they just want to bolster the depth. It's because I feel like just according to people that I know that follow the Steelers, they're not always sold on the Sean Davises of the world or the Terrell Edmonds of the world that they select in the first round. And it even took them to trade a future first round pick to the Miami Dolphins to bring in Minka Fitzpatrick, who has been an absolute stud. But now they go out and they get a cornerback. Those guys were more safety type of defensive backs. And this was a guy coming out of Colorado in 2017 who was on a really stacked Colorado defense that also had Chidobe Owuzie, who hasn't really panned out for the Dallas Cowboys as well as many envisioned. But Akella Witherspoon, I remember studying him coming out of that draft. Very, very long type of cornerback. He does a solid job, at least from what I've seen in his NFL career, getting his hands into the catch point and ripping through the ball, which we've seen these Giants cornerbacks do a really good job with under Jerome Henderson. But I remember my biggest gripe with Witherspoon coming out of college was he just lacked a necessary physicality in the run game that I want to see. I felt like he didn't love the contact. Now, no one loves the contact, but you understand it's your responsibility. I didn't get that impression from Witherspoon back when he was in college. And just by looking at a lot of people who covered the 49ers and some that covered the Seattle Seahawks, they seemed to uh, remain consistent ever since he became a professional. So that's something that's problematic for me. It's something that I don't think Patrick Graham would ever be interested in. So I'm a little um, surprised to see Akello Witherspoon go to Pittsburgh, a team that's also very, very hard-nosed and tough. But maybe Witherspoon got more physical last year. I haven't grinded through his film. So he's looking to back up now Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton, two very talented cornerbacks. Joe Hayden now in the back nine of his career, drafted in the first round top 10 of the University of Florida back in 2010. Cam Sutton, relatively younger player out of the University of Tennessee who's kind of coming into his own over there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now that second trade, Chris Herndon, New York, New York Jets, baby, trading Chris Herndon to the Minnesota Vikings. Now Herndon was a player, I remember, he had a pretty solid rookie season. I mean, 502 receiving yards on 39 catches and four touchdowns is actually pretty darn impressive for a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends never really put up numbers like that, but that was in Jeremy Bates' offense. Then Adam Gase comes over, he's hired by the organization, and all these young, interesting players that were on the offense just never developed. Sam Darnold, who was drafted that same year as Chris Herndon, never took any steps in development and now is a member of the Carolina Panthers, who the Jets face in week one. And now Herndon is over there in Minnesota, and you got to look at it from both perspectives. I mean, 
the Jets ended up getting a, a solid pick for this player. They get a fourth round pick. I mean, I, I would take that any day of the week if I'm the New York Jets for a player that you're probably looking to upgrade on anyways. You drafted Kenny Yaboa. Now he's on your practice squad, the tight end from the University of Ole Miss. And then you have Tyler Croft, who you signed in free agency last year from the Cincinnati Bengals, and he played well last year in Adam Gase's offense, and he's developed some sort of rapport, it seems like, with Zach Wilson catching those touchdown passes against the Packers. So he's going to be your one. Now you just get rid of her and pick up an extra fourth-round pick. That's more capital. I mean, that's really good on the Jets. And then Minnesota, it's all circumstantial when you look at it because Minnesota Vikings, they don't have Kyle Rudolph anymore. He's a New York Giant. He left after they released him. They don't have Irv Smith Jr. right now because he heard his knee against the Kansas City Chiefs in the preseason, and it's undetermined if he's even going to be available this year. It's going to be probably a long stay on the IR for Irv Smith Jr. So you need somebody other than Tyler Conklin who missed most of training camp with an injury. So you go out and you pursue an athletic tight end that I'm sure your pro scouting department had a high grade on, and maybe you can get more out of him than what the Jets got out of him because Adam Gase is not one who's known for maximizing potential, at least over the last five years, as an NFL head coach, maybe a little bit more specifically than as a coordinator, where his most notable job as a coordinator was with Peyton Manning as his quarterback. So what can you really glean from that? On to some injury news around the NFL. The quarterback of the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, the wide receiver of the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, are both off the COVID list, as is quarterback Carson Wentz of the Indianapolis Colts. But wide receiver Jamison Crowder and Tyron Matthew, the safety of the Chiefs, are on the COVID list. It's undetermined that they will be able to play in week one. We have to wait and see if they are vaccinated. Then I believe they just need two negative tests within 24 hours of each other. If they are unvaccinated, they need to quarantine for 10 days and test negative before returning. So we'll see how that all plays out. And other injury news, Brandon Ayuk did not practice last week. And I only bring this up because... I just want people to maybe pay attention to the practice reports in this coming week. It seems like the 49ers are just being really conservative and cautious with their second year wideout, but I still think it's worthy of kind of bringing up. Ayuk, to me, is a steal right now in fantasy drafts if he can remain healthy, and his ADP right now is as like wide receiver 23, and his ADP in general, I believe, that's average draft position from fantasy perspective, is 61. So he's somebody to just monitor for your fantasy teams. Make sure that he practices in this upcoming week. I expect him to just from reading into a lot of different things around the 49ers program. And then on to some Giants injury news. Evan Ingram, he was seen practicing full pads, but his status is still up in the air. Uh, for that Bronco game, reports suggest that Kenny Galladay will be available for week one. I expect that. Uh, it might be a slow start to the season, people on NFL.com are saying. I don't think that's really, you know, anything too much to read into. It's pretty obvious he's missed a lot of training camp. One would expect that he's going to start the season somewhat slow. But what I would say, for all the people who say there's absolutely no rapport between Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay, I understand within the confines of the training camp and Jason Garrett's offense in that environment, yes, it has been limited, but Kenny Galladay and Daniel Jones spent basically the entire offseason throwing footballs to each other and getting to know each other, so I think that's important to note from their trips out to Arizona. Shout out. Anyways, then we also have Saquon Barkley took his first contact since the injury 
during practice and he said he wasn't going to let the media know who actually gave him that first pop but it seems like he's trending in the right direction for week one but I wouldn't expect a full workload I think we're going to see probably a little bit more Devontae Booker than we'd like but Giants are going to be cautious with Saquon Barkley I think as he gets his legs under him, you're going to see his workload increase and increase, and he's going to be a huge part of what this offense wants to do. You know Jason Garrett loves to run the football. Running the football is a huge part of what this offense did last year, and now you get Saquon Barkley back, so you would imagine they'd probably run the football maybe even a little bit more, especially if they're struggling in pass protection like we saw in preseason and like we saw a lot last season. I think it's Jason Garrett's going to have to try to get creative here a little bit to get guys like Kadarius Tony involved as well, which isn't necessarily Jason Garrett's forte. So we're going to see how all that plays out. This season could be a very, very long season for the New York Giants. It could be a very, very enjoyable season for the New York Giants if Daniel Jones takes another step in his development and this offensive line holds up. But if this offensive line doesn't hold up, uh, it could be a very, very long season. Now I just want to list some of the notable IR members heading into the season, guys who were hurt during the preseason will either not play or return in three weeks or return in eight weeks, depending on if they're on short-term IR or long-term IR. J.K. Dobbins, running back of the Ravens, Travis Etienne, running back of the Jags, and Cam Akers, running back of the Rams, will miss the entire season, along with Carl Lawson, the edge of the Jets, and Joseph Asai, the defensive end rookie out of... Texas for the Cincinnati Bengals. Other players who are notable on IR, some are just good football players, ascending football players, or fantasy relevant football players. Running back Jalen Richard of the Raiders with a foot, T.Y. Hilton, the wide receiver for the Colts with a neck, Irv Smith Jr., the tight end from Minnesota with a knee, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver for the Ravens with a groin, Miles Boykin, the wide receiver for the Ravens with a hamstring, Tavon Austin, the wide receiver for the Jags with a quad, and then we have Stefan Tuitt, the defensive end of the Steelers with a knee, and Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle for the Cowboys with an elbow. He's a little bit lesser known out of Oklahoma, and he's a pretty talented player, has really, really good lateral quickness, knows how to use his hands, and he's a developing player, so I wanted to kind of mention him as well. And also, David Bakhtiari, the tackle, star left tackle, for the Green Bay Packers and Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore will start the season on the pup. They will have to miss the first six games and then they'll be activated to the active roster if they're healthy. Alrighty, everybody. I'm Nicholas Filato. Hope you guys enjoyed this really, really quick show. Just getting ready for the NFL season. We're going to be here writing about the Giants, talking some fantasy football, talking NFL. Please check us out over there at BigBlueView.com. Great content being put out there by everyone on the website. And please subscribe, download, and leave a rating on iTunes. The NFL season is right around the corner. So please get ready. Get your popcorn ready, as Terrell Owens once said. And also just have a lovely day. Nicholas Filato signing out. Take care, everybody.